0: Cole Irving is a terrible pitcher. And that's where we're starting today here. All the Better Baseball Podcast. My name is John Jansen, joined by Brian Sloan. Uh, WindailySports.com is where you can check out. We're going to reference a lot of these articles that you can see. But uh, for today's slate, you know, that's that's a preview of one game that I want to get to as Cole Irvin is taking on the Houston Astros. That did not go well last time. And any start from Cole Irvin does not go very well. But, uh, you know, th- there's something that, it came up yesterday or last night. There was it was an interesting question, or at least it's something that kind of spurred a question into my mind because I'm I'm going through today's games and the Cole Irvin game popped up and I looked at the Astros numbers against left handed pitching and it was Houston is the best hitting team against left handed pitching so far in baseball. But Brian, what I what I'm gonna ask you and what I kind of want to discuss a little bit what are we doing with the sample size so far? Like, should how should we? What are we taking with these numbers? Are we just taking them at face value, or are we taking them as a as a cautionary? Like, okay, good now, maybe not later. Uh, and Houston, one of those things being, they're very good against left handed pitching this season so far through six, five, six games. Uh, so, what are we doing with with kind of that sample size so far and using it to bet games and for DFS? Well, I'm using that stat
1: as a point in a certain direction um you know you, you kind of got to use those stats with like an asterisk or a caveat um you know i where i used to work we always had the phrase like baseball is a game of nuance and you got to work in the nuances to those stats so yeah. now the thing with the astros is is you know they've kind of had a pretty similar lineup for the past handful of years so you can kind of gauge. How that stat actually plays into on the field performance. So I know from experience, and this is, you know, you gotta take the the six-game sample size and compare it to what they've done previously. You gotta compare it to, you know, what the other team has done and what they've done previously. So, you know, you got ca- you can't take it at face value yet. You kind of gotta take it as a Point like an arrow in the right direction so you can say like look the a the you know astros are really good at hitting left-handed pitching so what does that mean well it means that they faced x number of left-handed pitchers so far that they've done x number of hits against that pitching so far but we also know if you look you know how those left-handed pitchers have performed in general like you know, if they right. really rough up this one guy, I'm looking at that guy. If they, if
0: they rough, up, rough up Cole Irvin early right. in the season, you know, maybe right. that has something to do with it.
1: <laughs> right. If they rough up Cole Irving, maybe it's just Cole Irving. I mean, we don't know yet how the Astros <laughs> performance off of him, yeah. you know, lines up with how his performance lines up against other teams. So you got to take that one stat and kind of use it as a springboard to other statistics that will help build your case.
0: Yeah, and I think also what I'm doing sort of with the numbers right now, and especially with Houston, I think I'm doing it a lot of. uh, I I think that their numbers are a little skewed last season. Mm -hmm. They didn't hit very well. It was a small 60-game season, and I think they ended up just hitting a few rough patches in a small 60-game season. But I think we saw in the playoffs, this lineup can still hit. Like It is a talented, still very good lineup. And, of course, the beginning of this season – they're picking up right where they left off at the end of the season in the playoffs last year, and they're hitting very well. So I think they're performing right where they should be. Now, obviously, things will average out a little bit. I'm sure they're not going to be the best uh, left-handed pitching, hitting team in all of baseball, but they, they are a, a good lineup. And I think that's what I'm using. I'm taking my projections, seeing what's going on early, and I thought the Astros would be much better in terms of uh, full game season or full regular season. And so far they are. And I'm going to take that, especially in the context of kind of as you're saying, like I will take Houston Astros hitting very well against lefties. Well, they're going up against the probably worst lefty in all of major league baseball. So Mm -hmm. I can at least take the, If it was, you know, they're hitting left handed pitching really well, but going up against, let's say, Clayton Kershaw, then I go, all right, well, maybe I kind of stay away from it. Let's see how this plays out. Mm -hmm. But if it's against Cole Irvin, that's when the matchup tells that's when the matchup lines up. That's when the numbers line up. Mm -hmm. And then I can go, all right, well, I don't need to be too cautious about this. I could just fire away on this and, you know, see what happens. Can it be wrong? Sure. But I think it's enough to go off of. And I think that's a little bit of a preview of what we're going to be going to today. Mm-hmm. And we do have a comment, Cinejad, uh, You can, hey, By the way, Masters is today. Happy Masters Day, everybody. Hello, friends. Happy Masters Day. Sinajad uh, is one of the best at it. windailysports.com is uh, where you can find his stuff. Uh, articles uh, on, on our website. And also, I'm sure you can follow his Twitter account. At Sinajad, you see the name there. Beautiful name, Sinajad. Uh, that's all of his Twitter handle, which is great. So you just put that name in at Sinajad and uh, you get to see all of his golf bets and golf plays. And uh, I can't wait for it. It's master's day. Who do you have, Brian? Do you have anybody at the master's? Any, any bets you have in anything you like?
1: I'm, I'm not really a golf follower. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I mean, just I say,
1: name uh, some golfers, yeah, yeah, just name if, the...
0: if one of your golfers <laughs> you name is Dustin Johnson, then you're good. That's all you need. Yeah, I that. mean, I'm looking <laughs> at what? Dustin
1: Johnson. There you what, go. Brooks, that's it. Brooks Koepka. Uh, so, basically,
0: <laughs> so basically, those uh, should probably be not listening to us when it comes to the Masters. They probably should be listening. I am not a listening. golf person. They do should, not. Right, should probably be listening to Sina Jad, uh <laughs> over winddailysports.com. But yes, Masters Day. I don't know about the se- best, second best radio voice this side of the Pacific. Uh, there are some very good voices. I mean, Jim Nance, by the way. I mean, just soothe. So who is your favorite now that we're going into announcers and all off the rails, it's a short MLB slate. So yeah. sorry, people, we have to do it. Uh, but who is your favorite announcer? Cause what I like doing on MLB TV, I just pick the home team, home mm-hmm. team, home announced team all the time, just so I get to listen to every single announced team. And one so far, I like, I don't know their names. That's the only thing that sucks is I can't really get the names, but the angels yeah. broadcast team. I love, I think they're outstanding. Yeah. Uh, but I, what's, I, what, Who's one of your favorite announcers.
1: So, <clears throat> Um, I love the angels and I love the Dodgers because, well, I used to live in LA. Spoiled,
0: spoiled those West Coast people.
1: I I, I used to live in LA, so I'd always watch the Dodgers and the angels, primarily the Dodgers, but sometimes the angels. But, you know, at work, I can watch all the games all the time. So I usually, you know, that 10 o'clock slate comes up. I'm usually got the angels and the Dodgers on. And, you know, I, I just, I love the angels and Dodgers. Um other teams that i enjoy listening to uh
0: phillies of course tom mccarthy yeah, Phillies john crook are... <laughs> always got to like giant crook who was talking about first of all an umpires butt yesterday and then he started talking about wrestlemania today so obviously mm-hmm. yeah or I yesterday, mean, that's, so, yeah
1: that is what i look for in a baseball broadcast i don't need to see them you know calling the game i want to listen to them talk about other stuff so i like it, it's kind of funny i kind of like Tuning into bad baseball games and listening that, to what the broadcasters you know, the, the are the blowout
0: material. Yeah, I yeah. love blowout material. It's yeah. great.
1: Well, like okay, so so like like my my typical baseball viewing habits would be hate watch the Pirates at seven <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's it's just oh, as, how, as, it's the only as, way you can
0: watch the Pirates. I think. Right. I mean, as somebody
1: that grew up in the Pittsburgh area, I I have. No love for the pirates. I I wanna see them fail as bad as possible. Um not not that I'm always gonna say they're the worst team ever, always, but you know, we if all have a team
0: it, in from our cities and that we like yeah. that we like to hate watch. Oh, yeah. I yes. mean,
1: if yeah. it if it merits it, I'm gonna bury the pirates as much as I can. Um so that Red series was fantastic. <laughs> um and and I loved and I loved listening to the Pirates broadcast because They're just talking about Oh, they've gotten used to blowout
0: material. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one broadcast that has probably learned the art of blowout material. I mean,
1: it's it's really it's really fun. I mean, like recent like the past couple of games, they've had, you know, the color guy he was a former player, so they had him like break down situations in the game, like, you know, what does a catcher do in this situation? What you know, so so like on that aspect, that's good because you learn the game. A little from the inside out you know see what the players are experiencing and doing and whatnot but like as far as a, a you know game calls you know i spend most of my time with the angels and dodgers but
0: yeah they're but great
1: i will i will say this when i'm at work i cut spanish plays for the different games and
0: yes that was those, late, what a, those, what those a, early what 90s, a wonderful comment those early nineties were You know like when you that. see the name Bonds in there and it's referring to pirates Bonds. You yep. know it's a long time ago. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I
1: remember I was in second grade. I went to a playoff game in 92. So Wow,
0: yeah. <laughs> nice. Was, yeah. But wonderful.
1: But no, like at, at work, I cut Spanish plays for baseball. And I have to say, if you live in awesome. a city, if you live in a city with a Spanish radio broadcast of your team. Specifically, I love the Yankees. I love the Marlins. Ricky
0: Ricardo! Yes. Yes, he does uh, Eagles. Yes, Spanish. he does the Eagles yes, football. Yes. Yeah. But he does Yankees, and he's he's much better with the Yankees. Phenomenal yeah. calling I, If I had a choice
1: of any broadcast to watch, I don't know Spanish, but Just I— Just the excitement of it? I love the feeling and atmosphere you get. With a Spanish baseball broadcast, especially a really good one. Like, like the the Rangers and Astros are not great because they're really Homer specific.
0: Um, so like if
1: so like if anything happens in the game that goes against the Astros or the Rangers, they kind of like, like mumble off into the distance and like don't call the play. But if you're listening to a Yankee game or a Marlins game or phenomenal. a Padres game or a D-backs game, I mean those guys are. Fantastic! They call both sides of the ball equally. They're, you know, I mean, yeah, they're a little more excited for the for their team, right? But like, oh, of course like you're going to get a good call for the other teams' good plays too. So, if you know, go on LasMayores.com and you watch those highlights of home runs <laughs> The home run calls are phenomenal. They That's fantastic. Y- you you can't you can't get a better call than the Spanish home run baseball call. Or even just like an amazing play. That Spanish call, if they have the Spanish broadcast, is usually the best thing you're going to hear that night.
0: That's fantastic. And uh, we're getting a lot of pre-steroid Bonds, legit Hall of Fame. Uh, Then, then, sorry for fully... Hey, I think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame no matter what. Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. Mainly
1: because, was he ever proven guilty like i mean he was he ever suspended well, even, for even, he if, he, ever, even like, if
0: he was like he still was amazing right but like his his numbers even pre-steroids were hall sure. of fame numbers so just, just i mean let the guy in just get look, him in you, look this, you, you you can't tell me that there are hall of famers
1: now that weren't taking performance enhancing drugs oh, whatever right. they were at that time period that they were taking them like you know you can't tell me everybody's 100 clean so yeah you know don't don't tell me my childhood baseball growing up is insignificant because
0: of <laughs> well yeah no it's just completely erased uh right. but yeah better baseball podcast I'm uh, getting into today's slate uh I the first game I want to go to I know we have uh, a couple here that we're going to go over today especially the Houston uh, Oakland game that'll be quick <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh Rockies Diamondbacks I'm highlighting yeah. this game just because I find it to be an interesting matchup. Now, here we're mm-hmm. getting some line movement. I don't know if it's reverse line movement. I don't know if there's money coming into the diamondbacks, and the Rockies are becoming a favorite. But this one, uh, the Rockies are definitely moving up there, and they are now a minus 121 favorite with John Gray on the mound. Merrill Kelly. I th- this is one where Merrill Kelly was great last season and then first game didn't do well. This right. is one where John Gray wasn't good last season and actually did pretty well this first mm-hmm. start. So does it flip? Does it change? Uh, I, I would at least expect, you know, I, I don't know if either of these guys are going to be good today. Like maybe that's where I'm going to go. It's in Colorado. Uh, mm-hmm. At least with John Gray, he's facing a Diamondback team that's been struggling. And I don't yep. think they have Kitel uh, Marte. Right. He's today. out with a hamstring. Yeah, so I I think minus one twenty one with the Rockies. I, t- I think that's where I'm going. I went with the Rockies last night, and they they did me they did me well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mad- Madison Bumgarner's has some issues, by the way. Oh, yeah, but and Antonio Cintatello, great bounce back start. He looked mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, uh, but I, I think I'm I'm leaning with John Gray and the Rockies here. Is that mm-hmm. is that the way to go? That's my way. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, look, John
1: Gray pitched fantastic his first outing. Now he he left early because of cramps. But, yeah. you know, his pitching was on point. So I don't expect him to fall off that much against a lineup like the. I mean, the D-backs are rated low in like all offensive statistics. I mean, they're not performing well on, you know, in the lineup. And, and then you take out Cattell Marte and you're that much worse off. So I, I think John Gray has a, you know, I, I don't think he's going to, you know, turn into a bad pitcher overnight. You know, he was good his first outing. I mean, he gave up one run and seven, you know, one run to the Dodgers. He had seven strikeouts. Again, he had five innings because he left with cramps, but he probably would have stayed in longer had he been healthy. Um, You know, he was controlling that Dodgers lineup, and that Dodgers lineup is far more scary than the D-backs lineup. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially, again, especially without – I can't highlight this enough. No Cattell Marte. Like, if you don't have... He was the their, only
0: one performing in their lineup, too. Right. Like he, you don't have your best... best
1: you don't have your best offensive player, yeah. so you're not expected... I would not expect the D-backs to put up, you know, significant damage against John Gray. Look um, at that
0: number move. Wow. It's continuing to.
1: I mean, the other thing to consider is, you know, Merrill Kelly was all over the place against uh, a Padres team, so you know, I don't know, maybe he, he settles down and, and can pitch very well, but I mean, he pitched well last year. So, so there's that expectation that he can get his form back and pitch well against the Rockies lineup. But you know what, these first two games against the D-backs, the the Rockies put up eight runs each game. So, you know, I mean, yeah, they lost one of those games because, you know, D-backs had 10, but, you're still putting up 8 runs a game against the D-backs.
0: So Yeah, and and I don't know if I like this spot particularly for Merrill Kelly and no, John Grey both. They they both were getting hit hard last season. Mm-hmm. Merrill Kelly was able to perform well despite it, but both had hard contact breaks that ranked second and third in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball last season. Uh, obviously getting hit hard in Coors Field is a much different ball game than getting hit hard, let's say anywhere else in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. But if you're getting hit hard in Colorado, like that's that's a recipe for kind of disaster. What what I think what we're looking at here with John Gray is he at least pitched well in his first game. Mm-hmm. He's used to Colorado, even though he doesn't pitch well in Colorado. I would still give him a little bit of the edge against Merrill Kelly. And he's facing a lineup that is without their best player. So obviously when we're going down to, you know, wh- what is John Gray facing compared to what Merrill Kelly is? I think Merrill Kelly has more of a daunting task and challenge in front of him think John Gray does. That's mm-hmm. what the odds are telling us now. Is they're right. shifting with the Colorado Rockies now becoming longer odds minus one twenty nine. Uh, so I I think that's where I'm going to go. I, I think there's a again we we talked about it earlier to start. You know we're going off of small sample sizes and right. small numbers, but the small numbers and even dating back to last season are telling me that Arizona is not very good hitting mm-hmm. the ball, and especially without Cattell Marte, they they just flat out stink. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's one. I think we're on the same page there, and I Absolutely. think that is the way to go with the Rockies. All right, let's go with the the Mets and Marlins uh, mm-hmm. because I think we do have a projected starter here for the Marlins. Uh, so who is starting again? I, I know the Wind Daily Sports team had a, an idea as well who might start. For the yeah,
1: I, I had seen, and I, I haven't confirmed it. Like MLB.com didn't have one. You know, so yeah, I, I ESPN
0: can't, doesn't. DraftKings right. doesn't. I can't yeah.
1: necessarily confirm that it is this guy, but the Wynn Daily Sports articles had said uh, it was uh, Nick Neider to to start for Miami. And if that's the case, I love the Mets in this in this situation. Um, <clears throat> you know, Nick had only eight plus innings in MLB action last year. I mean, he, he's virtually a AAA pitcher for the most part, maybe high double-A, AA, triple-A-ish pitcher. Um, his stuff is amazingly hittable. You know, he <laughs> has, it's, I mean, he does not have, you know, shut down stuff. He has average hittable stuff. He He's a, primarily a, a, a fastball pitcher, um, but, you know, in those eight innings last year, he had a a hard hit rate of 32 percent, and he had a Eighteen percent fly ball rate. I mean, like, if you're facing a team with Pete Alonso and and
0: Francisco Lindor and right, just ripe to also get going too. You're just like they they yeah. had a they had a tough series against the Phils. I think mm-hmm. they are they are ready to go, and especially at home, yeah. especially against a, a hittable pitcher. They like can this.
1: they can jump on Miami and not look back. I I mean, this is this is a game where ideally. Even if Nick pitches well, which I don't necessarily expect, or know, if, his, I mean,
0: basically, a well performance for him is three, four innings, only yeah. a couple of runs, kind of thing. Is that mm-hmm. a, that's what I would consider? All right, he did yeah, well I enough. Would, I would if if if
1: he pitches "quote unquote" well, I would look for yeah, like four innings, couple runs, yeah, you know. But but you know the the the. The data shows me he's going to give up a lot of hits. He's going to have a lot of base runners, um, and the Mets lineup is potent enough. And even in those early games where they maybe the results weren't there, they had base runners, they had runs scored, they had hard hits. So you know I expect Alonso and Lindor and Comforto and and the, the Mets lineup to have a nice solid offensive day against a pitcher like Nick Niederd. So, um, yeah. And, and, and
0: I completely agree. Yeah.
1: And and with Taiwan Walker on the mound for the Mets, I mean, he's pitched pretty well. The Marlins lineup hasn't shown up at all. So, you know, unless you're like Starling Marte or Jesus Aguilar, like the the Marlins lineup hasn't done anything. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Taiwan Walker should be able to have a, a nice average day and still be. You know, six In plus line innings. For the win. Yeah, yeah, six plus innings. Quality start. The Mets should have a lead if all things you know work out the way they look like they're going to on paper. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I- looking at Mets all the way here.
0: So ne- next game, and I mean, I would love to talk more <laughs> about the Mets and Marlins with a guy like Nick <laughs> Nyder pitching, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna move on a little bit from that. Uh, here's one a-, a juicy matchup for. The twins now Marco Gonzalez isn't, isn't a bad pitcher, but he got rocked to start Mm -hmm. against the San Francisco giants. But now he's taking on a twins lineup who they're very good. And again, small sample sizes, like I say with, with Houston, you know, we, we look at them and, you know, they hit left-handed pitching well, but you know, it's small sample size, but so far this season, the twins, uh, not just against left-handed pitching, but you know, this season have been hitting really well. Uh, so, are we taking that into account here? Like Marco Gonzalez, I think has some solid stuff, but Mm -hmm. didn't look great. Is this a, you know, you're up against another really tough lineup against twins and basically good luck.
1: Well, look, I think Marco Gonzalez will bounce back from his opening day start. Now, what that means is not exactly a good outcome for Marco (laughs) Gonzalez. You know what I mean? Like, Like he will pitch better than he did against the giants. I expect that he's not that bad. You know, he was the opening day starter for Seattle, like three consecutive years. You know, he's one of their. He's talented. Yeah. yeah, He's really good. He's one of their top. I was surprised by that outing against the giants opening day. So I do not expect him to pitch that poorly against Minnesota. Now I do expect Minnesota to have their hits and get their things, you know, like, they have an amazing offense and if you have Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton and and those guys you know Polanco etc hitting like they do and can you know I I still think it's going to be a long day for the Mariners but you know I I don't think it's just going to be Marco Gonzalez giving away the game you know I think that the twins are going to take it the twins are going to get their hits you know they're gonna get their home runs, they're gonna have their base runners, they're gonna play. I mean, they're a better team than Seattle. So, you know, Barrios should be able to shut down the the Mariners offense. Now, the Mariners offense surprisingly ranks average to above average in a lot of offensive categories. So, you know, they're not a walkover, but I do expect the twins to have a nice game offensive and defensive sides so of the ball should be all pointing towards Minnesota in this one.
0: Yeah, and it should. And Jose Barrios looked phenomenal in his first start. And uh well, he's going up against a Seattle offense that is whiffing 28.6% yes. against right-handed pitching. So uh so far they've been striking out a lot. And hey even even the twins, you know, I just looked at their strikeout percentage so far this season. Again, small sample size, but strikeout percentage so far this season against left-handed pitching has been around 31 percent uh so maybe maybe we're locked into a little bit of a pitcher's duel here early on hey it's what happened with barrios last time he was out there with corbin birds which we're actually gonna get to next by (laughs) the way uh but uh, you know what maybe uh, maybe i'll take a first five under now i don't see anything yet for that i actually don't see much out i think there might Mm -hmm. be i don't know if this is the case but it seems like there might be something up with the Twins lineup, and that's why we're not seeing – we don't even see a team's total with the, the, yeah. M- the Minnesota Twins. So uh, I, I'm just speculating, but there mm-hmm. is not really a lot out for the Twins or even that game, which makes mm-hmm. me believe that there might be something with the Twins Well, I, I
1: did see weather-related issues There the we Midwest.
0: Go. There we so, go. Yes, there are.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw that the a lot of the Midwestern games in that Northern Midwest section – had a lot of weather-related uh, alerts or warnings. Yeah. So- no, we
0: saw that. So I'll go uh, the MLB, DFS Picks and Pivots. Uh, mm-hmm. We see Mark Paquette, uh, who is uh, a great with DFS meteorologist, but it's in the DFS Picks and Pivots post that we posted that tweet. And uh, some rain is expected in uh, Chicago, Minnesota, St. Louis, and maybe even Pittsburgh late in the game. So. Yeah. Uh, I think we are expecting a little bit. That means even the White Sox game against the Royals, uh, mm-hmm. that is going to be one to watch out for. And probably if that's the case, you know, maybe a stay away spot a little bit for the White Sox and Royals. Um, and look, I'm not, I don't know. Like Lance Lynn is good, I guess. Why do I not like Lance Lynn? What, what is-, is wrong with me? I don't. I don't know if I really like him that much. I- and especially at minus 182, heck no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, the thing with Lance Lynn is he's deceptively simple. Um, you know, his 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 pitch mix isn't really diversified. He's primarily a fastball pitcher. He primarily, you know, overpowers people. He doesn't really outpitch people. So when you look at him and you look at his numbers, you're like, well, he's decent, but his stuff doesn't match his statistics. It's kind of yes. a weird yeah. it, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition as to what you expect a dominant pitcher to be and to what Lance Lynn gives you. So it, it's just a weird mix I've, of and I just data feel like you, you, you performance.
0: Get- you get on his fastball, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I guess it's tough too. Not a lot of teams have. He's been doing well. Right. But, I, mean, I mean, if you get on his fastball, which the Royals so far are hitting fastballs really well, mm-hmm. I'm seeing here in the starting rotation article that the Royals ranks against pitch types, they're first against the fastball. And if that's the case, like I, ex- the Royals, I expect, like Salvador Perez, absolutely. Mm-hmm. with Merrifield yeah. all could jump on that fastball.
1: Yes. Th- there is potential here for the Royals to have a nice day against Lance Lynn and his fastball. Um, but it, like, like I stated, I mean, there's something about his fastball that just plays. So, you know, it, it, it's a weird, it's a weird visual to look at what he brings to the table and what he, what he does with those tools. So, yeah. you know, you wouldn't expect it, you know, other pitchers in similar situations aren't nearly as good as Lance Lynn. So, it, you know, what is, it's just a matter of maybe it's the full team behind it. Maybe it's the defense making some nice plays that gets him out of jams. Maybe I, you know, it's
0: just yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen for things. Lance Lynn today. Uh, no, I don't. No, White, White I, Sox. I, White Sox defense is brutal. They yeah, ruined Lucas not he, even in so. No, I mean it has been horrible. Nick Madrigal has problems yeah, at second base. It's, uh, yeah, it's it, they're at this not point, looking
1: as good as they as
0: they. Right, exactly. and it and at this point, I I kind of have to use that when I'm betting the White Sox. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm betting a premium minus one eighty two price, I'm not betting on a pitcher that I think is at that price. I, right. The the lineup I am, mm-hmm. but the lineup has been okay to start a few yep. good games, but only left handed pitching. Really, am I going to buy in on them? Mm-hmm. And their defense is losing them games. Their bullpen yep. matchup from Larusa is losing them games. Right. I just I can't bet the White Sox ever at a premium price. Does that mean no? The- at the Royals at plus one fifty five. I don't yeah. know exactly. It means I don't know that. if I want to jump means, that
1: far. It means stay away
0: from the socks. I, yeah, I just can't, I don't know what Sox, I'm going definitely. to get out of that.
1: That doesn't necessarily mean the opponent's going to be better, but definitely stay away from the socks. I mean, like like yesterday, and and I watched the post game interview. Like Tony La Russa came out and said it. Like I was bad at managing that sixth inning or whatever, and like the the Mariners yeah. exploited bad defense and were able to, you know come away with the win so yeah I mean if the White Sox aren't performing well against a team like the Mariners I I don't right yeah I, I mean I don't hate them against the Royals but they're not a confident pick in my in my work through of what I see on the table
0: so we have the Brewers and Cardinals and this is a, a tough one for me this one is trending way in the direction of Milwaukee uh minus 150. And mm-hmm. the Cardinals that were plus one sixteen, now plus one twenty-eight. So this has been moving way in the Brewers' favor, uh, and for good reason. You know, I guess I what do we what do we make of the Cardinals lineup so far? They are four and two. Uh they're going up against Adam, or at least not the Cardinals, but the Brewers are going up against Adam Wainwright. But mm-hmm. I I mean it's just basically is the Cardinals lineup going to be good enough to tag Burns, knowing that the Brewers. Who haven't hit well, but you expect them to get some runs off of Wainwright. Uh, it just comes down to whether or not you think, and especially if I'm going to bet this game, just look first five uh, mm-hmm. minus one fifty five. You're only paying a little bit extra juice for that, but I'm I'm paying basically just for a Corbin, Corbin Burns start out pitching Adam Wainwright in the beginning of this game. Uh, but I, I think the one thing I need from that is just to know can the Brewers hit Adam Wainwright? Can they actually put some runs on the board here?
1: I think the Brewers can hit Adam rain right now. Will
0: they, that, they haven't I done, know. they, they haven't. haven't
1: done a lot offensively so far this season. That's what
0: scares me. It That's, does. I mean, like
1: even yesterday, like I was, I said before the show started, like, you know, Yelich was three for four, but they were pretty insignificant hits. You know, like he's, he, so, right
0: just to get stranded on second base basically right. so like maybe
1: he can get something going maybe the offense can build around that i mean wayne wright's not going to be fantastic as a shutdown pitcher so i think the brewers can get their hits i think they can generate some offense maybe manufacture a few runs whatnot um i mean the bigger key is what do i think that the cardinals can do against burns um I see spots where the Cardinals could maybe give him some trouble but I don't think so. I think Corbin Burns is going to be Corbin Burns. You know, he's he's going to shut down the Cardinals offense for the majority of his outing and then it's really up to can the bullpen support what Corbin, you know, what Burns has done in the first half of the game. Um I mean, Dylan Carlson's on fire for the for the Cardinals, so that might be a, a bright spot um you know Goldschmidt Molina and and Arenado have been okay nothing fantastic um they were able to grind out wins against a Marlin team so you know if you're grinding out wins against a team the caliber of the Marlins I don't know what you're gonna do against a pitcher the caliber of Corbin Burns yeah and, and this is the conundrum here (laughs)
0: And you can see these stats windailysports.com, but this is kind of what we're talking about with Corbin Burns here. Is he's been lighting up right-handed hitters Mm -hmm. and eating them all up. Cards are flirting with a 28% K rate to right-handed pitching so far, and last season uh, with a WOBA of 2.07. Uh, Burns gave mm-hmm. up. So yeah. he he pitches well against right-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. His stuff is phenomenal. Like I think this is yeah. also going to be me just praising <laughs> the top of the Brewers rotation. Mm-hmm. Burns oh, and Munson yeah. of ain't, ain't nothing to F with, man. Those no, guys are They bad. are. And so, I mean, so it, it's the reason why I I think the Brewers are going to be in it all season with the Cardinals. Now, yeah. Christian Yelich needs to get going. And the he needs to hit he needs than to a be few singles better here and there. Exactly.
1: Um yeah. But you know, like 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 Corbin Burns, I think he had a a, a one sixty nine batting average against. Like, just teams aren't games. hitting Corbin Burns. You know, if you're holding them to a one seventy batting average, that's really shut down pitching. You know, I like I said, the Cardinals have spots. You know, you see names in the lineup, and you're like, yeah, I could see them getting some work in on on Burns, but I. They haven't done it against inferior pitching so far. So I don't know when the Cardinals can get their bats going, but I expect today will be a long day for for the Cardinals offense.
0: Yeah, short, short slate for today's Major League Baseball mm-hmm. game. So this is all we have for today, although four bets is pretty good for what the slate we have. Yeah. Uh, I think we didn't go over it, but I think with the way we were uh, foreshadowing things, I think we're taking the Astros team total over five and a half against Cole uh, Irvin. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I,
1: I love... I love the Astros against the A's in just name value alone, like yeah. to, 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 to put bad names and bad stats on the A's side, even just, you know, makes it.
0: And one of the worst pitchers, literally, <laughs> maybe if I were to rank every single starting pitcher in major league baseball, I guarantee you Cole Irvin would be right there with Nick Nider. Uh, so it's, he is a triple-A pitcher that doesn't. I don't, know if, that, in a major I don't
1: know if that's fair to Nick Niter. Oh, uh, I mean, well, no, it might
0: not be. It might not be fair to Nick. We, we really haven't seen anything from no. Nick Niter. we're just oh, projecting seen, off of what he's done. I've seen plenty of things from Cole Irvin though, oh, and really, I, yeah. I look. <laughs> I, the last game I saw him pitch, I was at a Washington Nationals game at center field with Philadelphia Phillies mm-hmm. playing the Nationals. I said, look, "So you got a lot of balls in your section?" <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't leave games very often. I stay through to the end. Right. But I said to myself. To my to my my nephew next to me, I said, "Look, Cole Irvin comes in. I'm out of here. Like, I can't do it." And guess who came Mm -hmm. in next after I said that? Cole Irvin, and I booked it out of there. The guy stinks. He flat out stinks. Um, (laughs) sorry, Mm -hmm. Cole Irvin, you're probably a great dude, but you know,
1: well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the guy is probably a nice guy, great guy, whatever, phenomenal teammate, whatnot. You know, like, uh, like, like last year and a couple years ago, like when the Pirates acquired Chris Archer, and I like fell out of my chair laughing when they made that trade. I was like, you're giving up anything for Chris Archer. And then, but like, you know, people are like, Oh, he's a great guy. Great clubhouse presence. And, and yes, that's true. But like, I need him to perform on the field. I, can't, I don't <laughs> care if he's a nice guy off the field.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what I'm probably going to go with Cole Irvin here. Sure. Uh, Colorado Rockies money line. We like minus minus one twenty nine. Uh, look Merrill Kelly gets hit hard. He's been able to work around it, uh, especially mm-hmm. last season but I don't know if you can work around that in Colorado, especially Colorado's lineup has still been pretty good, even without Nolan Arenado. Uh, Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks are dealing with an injury to Marte, their best hitter. I think we like the Rockies. Uh, Over four and a half runs from the Mets. We're taking advantage of... Uh, Nick Nider if he potentially does start but I think we're taking advantage of a starter that is not likely going to be very good uh, no matter who it's going to be but we're projecting right. it to be Nick Nider and if it is we'd like the Mets over four have. Mm-hmm. they were stifled by the Phillies pitching uh, for the most part of that series and I think they're just ready to rip it uh, especially yeah. at their home I ballpark mean, yeah Phillies pitching is has been really good so far this season so to be
1: stifled by the Phillies pitching isn't right. You know, I mean, the isn't, something be, isn't something to be afraid of, as far as the Mets lineup is concerned. Yeah, Um exactly. The fact that the Marlins don't have an officially announced, for, you know, starter for for today projects that one. It's probably a bullpen day, if anything. Like they're yeah, probably just going to, to throw it. people out there just to have somebody on the mound. So, you know, I, I don't expect them to have a quality starter out there on the mound today. So the Mets should be able to jump all over that. And I I don't really expect them to keep him in long either. So I think they're just going to be rotating through the bullpen most of this game.
0: And our last bet of the day, Milwaukee Brewers money line minus 155. You're paying up a little bit for it, Uh, but this is the first five bet uh, for them. We love Corbin Burns in this matchup. Mm -hmm. We don't like Adam Wainwright in this, Uh, you know, and, and it's not to say he, gets hit hard or anything because right. the Brewers lineup isn't really that scary but yeah it's just the fact that Burns is so well mm-hmm. against right handers mm-hmm. the Cardinals are, are likely going to have five right-handed bats in the lineup and Burns is most likely going to mow them down yes. uh, so I expect that's- Burns to pitch well and then Wainwright if he gives up a few runs that should be enough in the mm-hmm. first five but like but like that's the key point the key point for this
1: game is burns against the Cardinals lineup he's going to shut them down and it's going to control the game now Wainwright will probably pitch decent because the Brewers offense hasn't really produced much so it's not like Wainwright's going to walk in and give up 10 runs or anything along those lines it's more of Curbin Burns is going to shut down the Cardinals offense yeah that's that's the key here
0: (laughs) All right, windailysports.com is where you can check out the starting rotation article, MLB, DFS picks and pivots, and also aces and bases. Uh, it's a short slate, also uh, a, an afternoon slate again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a bunch of one, uh, three, and four o'clock games. So it's an afternoon slate. So make sure you go now, you know, right after we're done. Don't say, All right, I got some time maybe to put my lineups mm-hmm. in, put my bets. No, get it done now. windailysports.com, windailysports.com slash chat. That is Brian Sloan. Follow him at one fan power trip. On Twitter, I've seen a lot of uh, Instagram posts for wrestling. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. I love it. <laughs> NXT was amazing last night. It I'm was. going to be watching independent wrestling all day today and tomorrow mm-hmm. and Saturday and Sunday and WrestleMania. And yeah, it's it's a lot of wrestling. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see me tweet about wrestling and baseball a lot too, at mm-hmm. uh, jjansen34 is where you can follow me. That's it for Better Baseball today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 1030 on the Better Baseball podcast, windailysports.com.